0: Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I'm Blake Fisher, and I'm joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons. And uh, we, of course, have to ask you, if you like this podcast and are listening, first, thank you. And then second of all, uh, please subscribe and please rate it. Give it a five-star rating. Uh, A lot of people, I think something like 65%, I saw, of people for their New Year's resolution say they want to review more podcasts. And it's now, you know, into the year. And maybe you've not been following through on that resolution, but you can by rating our podcast and subscribing to it, right?
1: I also, I have a resolution of being more positive and you could apply that to rating things
2: as well. Right. You you should apply that to reviewing our podcast. Specifically. More positivity.
0: And be really positive. Mm -hmm. Like five star positive, four star, just don't even bother. I like
2: that. I like that resolution. That's, uh, you know, because when you like say you're going to lose weight or get in shape, I mean, that's kind of subjective, right? I mean, but you can review more podcasts. That's an achievable goal. Mm -hmm. I should have, I should have aimed a little lower like that 65%.
0: Right. Trying to lose weight is selfish and rating other people's awesome (laughs) podcast is not selfish, right? It's noble. Good point.
2: Gosh, I hate myself. Thanks, guys.
0: Yeah, well, no problem. Just trying to make you a better person, Chris. Um, today, we are going to talk about the Get Up Kids, Something to Write Home About, which is their 1999 album. We've done more 90s albums on this podcast now than we have done 2000s albums uh, for the record, by the way, uh, in case anyone was keeping track of that. Um so, Chris, uh, you kind of did the research on this one, uh, so we'll let you uh,
2: dive into it. Tell us what you learned about
0: this album, if anything.
2: I mean, honestly, didn't have to do a lot of actual research. This album's very close to my heart. Uh, starting off with a story, I went to the Warped Tour. That was a music festival back in the day that you kids may know about, um, And in 1996, uh, they actually did one in Oklahoma. I don't. Did did you go, Kyle? No offense, Blake. I figure you didn't go. (laughs) I was not there. Okay, (laughs) you were. (laughs) I just. I think it was. uh, There wasn't a lot of people there. Did you go to that one, Kyle?
1: So I went, and something. Mohawk Park. Yeah, something happened, and I had to leave, and I cannot remember what messed it up. But I, yes, I was there. Was
2: it at all sports stadium or no sports stadium? No, no. This is in Tulsa at the Mohawk Park. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to remember what happened. uh, So long story short, I went there for one reason, which was to see MXPX. Like, That's the only reason I went. And when I went to their merch table, there was this guy running uh, the MXPX table, and he told me that if I wanted to buy an MXPX shirt, I had to buy this EP from this band that was right next door to MXPX.
0: Oh, Uh, awesome.
2: Yeah, it was the Get Up Kids. It was the Woodson EP. Yeah. And so that's how I started listening to these guys. And to this day... I wonder, you know, thinking back, I'm like, what if the MXPX merch guy was just like taking a crap or something? And that was the, the Get Up Kids merch guy that actually helped me. He's like, hey, will you, watch the, will you watch The Table? And like every kid that came up, he's like, oh, but you have to buy this album. Anyway, I'm glad I did it. It was great. Um, so, uh, you know, that that became my love affair of the Get Up Kids. And then um, when this record came out when I was a senior in high school, um, I mean, this was, this was the... Kind of, I mean, so this was kind of after, or, or wait, it was kind of was it right after End of the State? But it was like it, it, was, it was like the the first like really good front to back emo record that came out at that time that I just absolutely. Yeah, I'm pretty loved. sure
0: it's fall. Do you have the release date on it? I probably should. Have yeah, that it was apps. But...
2: It was released September uh, September September of '99. So yeah, so that's fall.
0: yeah, that's like a few months after End of the States and whatnot.
2: So the interesting thing about this record th- these are things I did not know about till I did this research is that um you no know, I I think many people from this era had heard the story about you know the vagrant guys like mortgaging their parents house to to do right. this record um, but I didn't realize uh, that these guys were in talks with um, Universal Records uh, imprint Mojo at the time uh, no, the ghetto kids didn't were that Yeah and so uh, before they made this record, they had been talking to these guys for about. Uh, they had been talking to Mojo for about a year and a half about releasing the record. It just kind of, kind of wasn't going anywhere. You know, Mojo was doing, uh, you know, one of Kyle's favorite bands, Goldfinger. They just did here in your bedroom. Is that the name of the record? Well, self-titled. Self-titled. Sorry, but what, Here in that? your bedroom self-titled. was a big hit. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Sorry. Uh, but song. yeah. Um, so. Uh, after the talks kind of stalled out with Mojo, they ended up going uh, with Vagrant. They really liked the guys, and I think Rich Egan was already managing them. Uh, they uh, drove from Kansas City to Los Angeles um, to record the record at Mad Hatter Studios. And, um, you know, the the Brothers Pope on bass and drums, um, they had just picked up James Dewey, so he, he was doing some keyboard work, which they had a little bit, I think, in... Um, well uh, the, um the record before that, um the red a letter mile. Wilson. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. But 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 this is kind of where they really started um making that uh you know a more prominent presence um in the record, which you know, a lot of songs without without the the key parts are yep, yeah, they would be completely different. Um oh, yeah, and, for sure. And the record started selling very well right away. Um peaked at number thirty one on uh the Billboard uh, Billboard Heat Seekers chart. Um, you know, they toured with freaking Green Day. Green Day. I mean, uh, that's and uh, I was, that is I was, a band I was,
0: to be touring with in the 90s yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was at or that now, show.
2: Uh, yeah, no, any really any time. After, any time, but definitely any time after Woodstock 94. Green
1: Green Day's done well for themselves, I think. Yeah, they
2: yeah, really yeah. have. Yeah, so um this uh this was kind of their um you know, their jump uh in, into the pool uh as it were and um they they uh kind of you know started touring um and this opened many doors for many artists that we all know and love today um since Vagrant uh, you know kind of got pushed to the forefront and um yeah so that's that's kind of how this record came to be
0: uh yeah and obviously a decent influence on us since Chris you named our band after a lyric from <laughs> one of their songs i mean right that's
2: <laughs> true that's true, true, true. yes we uh, uh, once again we share that we share that with uh, Newfound Glory. We both got our band names from Get Up Kids songs. I've got It works well.
1: I've got multiple questions. I don't know if you guys have answers about bands potentially taking or doing like a call out to this record in particular.
0: If not, we'll make up the answers. Yep. Yes. Shoot. Ask us questions. Well, I mean, it,
1: it, it's it's honestly I have them listed on a track by track basis. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, well then let's go track by yeah.
0: track on that then, when we get to that part. Yeah,
1: sorry guys. Okay, I'm that's fine. To...
0: That's called foreshadowing. Yes, that I was think. foreshadowing. Okay, uh, well then let's talk first impressions, I guess, about the band and the record in general. Kyle, do you want to give us your sort of uh, first impression of either the band or the record, depending which one came first, I guess, for you?
1: So well, this, is a, this uh, record in particular is hard for me to remember like... When I first listened to it, like obviously I think I listened to it when near, when it first came out, but I don't have this like specific time that or, or place that I remember listening to it, which is weird because most records that I love, I do have that. I don't remember. And so first impression, I loved it, but I don't remember it being like, I mean, it's so freaking emo. And I don't remember if it was like the first emo that I heard, but um yeah, I mean I I loved it. And and I loved how it wasn't how pretty it was in parts, but also how yeah. unpolished it is. Yeah. Yep. So
2: self-produced by the way. Uh they, Oh they, wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this one was as uh, before they were working with Ed Rose, is that his name? The guy in the Oh, Lawrence the Lord's doing a
2: lot of records with. Yeah. Right.
0: Um I think so he goes did... by Edward. Edward, sorry. Um <laughs> Sir Edward. <laughs> um <laughs> I did backwards on this one, much like some of the other records we talked about in that I got, they, um, they packaged up that, what is it? Red Letter, Day, and Woodson EPs Mm -hmm. together after the release of this. So I guess like about a year after or something like that. So that's the first thing I got into because I assume it was you, Chris. It has to be you that told me about him, but I can't, same thing. I can't remember who told me to check out the Get Up Kids. Um but I got that first probably because it was the CD that was on a shelf wherever I was or whatever went on. So I had that one first and then I went backwards and and got this and I'm kind of in the same boat. I remember having that combo of the EPs, but I don't remember exactly when it was. I assume it was, I think that combo of them came out in 2000. So I think that was when I bought it. I definitely have the two version of it.
2: It's funny you say that, that that's definitely by design because the, um, they had two records left on their deal with Doghouse, and, and they, they were trying to get. That they a... were trying to get. They were trying to get out of it real fast. So they yeah. gave, they gave Doghouse vinyl rights for I don't know how long, but basically the Doghouse could release final versions of their records, maybe forever more. I'm not sure, but that, that that's why they package that record together is because something right? Home guys was getting successful, and Doghouse was trying to uh, make cash in. Well, they did with me. They got a record. <laughs> it worked. It, yeah, so it worked really
0: well. <laughs> uh they they got that record so cuz otherwise i'm sure you couldn't find those eps by themselves at that point so uh so yeah that's but i i'm in the same boat Kyle like i remember uh liking that it could be really pretty in a raw way like it wasn't polished at all like there was no there's really no production to it in fact i mean as we go track by track i'll talk about the things that actually <laughs> drive me nuts <laughs> Can- as like a guy that likes well produced records uh but but it's, I just, and his voice is like just unmistakable. Oh yeah. It's super unique. And that I think was something that it was, um, I think that's probably what drew me to them the most is that it was just like a totally unique voice. You could pick it out of a crowd and it was, um, at a time when a lot of other music was super produced. I mean, keep in mind we're in like boy band mania and pop music, auto tune craziness. Like this is the opposite of that, but still has some really beautiful parts and stuff like that music. So, um, and I also think that the other thing that was really interesting at the time, and now it seems totally normal, but I don't know that I had listened to a band that wasn't from the eighties that had a synth player. Yeah, in it. I mean, did you guys have anyone on your radar at that point that was like rocking synth
2: stuff? Well, I don't think, I don't think i I was even super aware of the synth on the record because it just kind of folded in. But what I was aware of is that there were seventeen thousand bands that came out right around this time that added a synth player. Oh um, yeah. I right. mean Motion but, but City it would be like yeah yeah uh, <laughs> Motion
0: City soundtrack does not exist without nope. Get right. Up Kids right well, I mean and I love Motion City soundtrack I think they're fantastic so
1: Well you you know you you were talking about uh, Enema of the State like when we did that record when we talked about that record there's synth all over it it's just it's just hidden and it's in the mix right This yeah. was yep. to me like for me, this was the first one that I can remember it just, like, hitting hard, and then, I mean, I fell in love with James Dewey's, and honestly, I'm a bigger Reggie fan than I am Get yeah, Up yeah, Kids yeah. fan, so.
3: Reggie, oh, and yeah. Reggie and the Full Effect is a great band. I got
2: super into Reggie the Full Effect after, yeah, because you, you yeah. started peeling back layers on Napster. Right. Not pulling those threads. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, the...
0: Yeah, I mean it's so. I mean, and even Blink Way Two. I mean, honestly, that's mostly organ and piano. So, yeah, I mean, that's it's true. The, or, that's the, like the real more natural key kind of stuff, which was still unique at that time. Not a lot of Pog bands were putting any kind of keys on their stuff. But like I said, I don't, I don't know that I knew a band that had a synth part on it.
1: There were two that for me. Happened
0: after the eighties for me. I mean, Get
1: Up Kids and the Hippos. And I don't oh, know if you guys listen, but listened, but that, but yeah, that record the is, is another vagrant band. And that, but that record's so clean and, and that record was released on Interscope. So I think, and it, and it sounds so good. I think it was, I think it was a big budget record. I could be wrong. Well. And, and now Ariel Reekstead is, you know, producing Haim. No big deal. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: That's a great band. Yep. It's funny all those connections to those kind of things. Um, I, I mean, I would also, I mean. I think that basically from this point on, they got a lot better at the production side of things. And I think got a lot better at being a band maybe even, but yeah, the songs and stuff like that on something right home about are just like, there's a special little magic. Uh, I don't know, formula. Not That's not the right thing because it doesn't seem formulaic at all, but it, it just, it, it does have a really specific feel like the whole, the whole album does. And it doesn't, even though it's kind of out of left field in the sense that, there's kind of this punk thing going on, but there's these really like slow chill parts too. And I don't feel like they were, uh, they weren't afraid to kind of be whatever they were going to be. And they didn't have to like genre specific it. Cause I don't think that I could have put a, a genre label on this at the time in 1999. No. We weren't calling this emo yet. I don't right. feel like that didn't come around for a little while. And uh, I don't know what label I would have put on this back in the uh, 99, 2000.
2: Well, and that, that's some of the interesting points that some of the journalists hit on when I, when I was looking back through articles about, um, you know, both at the time this record came out and like, you know, looking back on it after 20 years that if Mojo had been the label they chose, you know, definitely would have polished the record up a little more. Like they would have wrapped this up in a nice little pop bow, um. And gosh, uh, it, you know, Ian uh, Ian Cohen um, in the Stereo Gar- uh, Gum article says something really interesting. This is crazy to me. Um, if 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 the deal with Mojo would have stuck, would they have toured with Goldfinger and gone that whole other route? Then what happens to Vagrant Records? They don't get that boost. Um, do they have the resources to launch Saves the Day, Dashboard Confessional, Alkaline Trio? Alkaline Trio whose guitar player later plays for blink 22. I mean just think about all the different Oh yeah. like uh you know components of of punk rock and emo music that were all built on the fact that this record came out on Vagrant Records instead of Mojo. It's kind of crazy to think about how different things might have been. Would it because would this record love. have been
1: punk, I wonder. You know what I mean? Right? Like
2: Right. Maybe not even like emo. Like they would have just right. polished it up and yeah, you're right. Well, and
0: like, I mean, that just forget about just this record. I mean, like all the other records that come after it for vagrant. So if this is a bust for vagrant or something like that, or if they don't get a, they don't get the success of an album like this, do they get to go on to even do, you know, obviously dashboard confessional started on tooth and nail and whatnot, and they thieved them or whatever, but still it's like, that's, that maybe doesn't happen. You know, I don't know. There's just a lot that you could say happened because of this record, obviously afterwards. Um, well, do you guys want to go track by track or do you have any other, uh, kind of opening initial impressions or thoughts about the record or fun facts or anything?
1: Um, I'm curious about your notes, your production notes, because I have one gigantic one.
0: Well, I'm going to see, let's see if they're the same note. Cause I'm, I'm curious two, to know if they're going to be the same. Two words. I bet they are.
1: The kick drum is terrible on this record. The kick oh, it's not going to be the terrible. same note, I guess. Okay, and, so, and it's better in headphones, but listen to it in your car. It's oh not, my it gosh, it does sound like it does not. Kicking a, g- it's, like
0: a, it's like a, it's like a cardboard box. <laughs> it
1: is terrible, dude. It's it's the worst I've heard. Like honestly, I was thinking, listen to it. I listened to it a few times this week. And like, if they replaced the kick drum, it would change so much for me because like it just it doesn't hit at all. Is it's terribly bad.
2: Yeah, I, I never, mean, That thought has never crossed my mind. That bums me out. That's all it's I'm going to hear terrible. now. It's terrible. So
0: here's the weird thing about production as, as sort of the token production guy in this crew. There are kind of two ways that you can do the self-producing sin. And the first is that you don't have enough money to pay a legit producer, which is clearly the case in this record right. and stuff. I don't think it was egos that got in the way of doing this record. It was probably, I have no idea what the budget was. I couldn't find anything about the budget, but I'm sure it was not high and but the the main problem with both ver- and then the other version of that sorry is that you have successful records and you you think well I I can do this myself and it's the same problem no matter like yeah. kind of no matter what is that you don't have anyone telling you no and you don't have anyone telling you hey you should um tune your guitar or whatever <laughs> the note is and <laughs> you know if you don't have that person i think that it can kind of be a disaster and it's not in any way that I think this is a disaster but it wouldn't have I think this album could have been helped by just having someone that had like some outside opinion and maybe they did I don't know but I mean just someone with an outside sort of opinion that could be like hey let's uh I don't know just on some of the sound stuff uh alone but I don't necessarily think the song structures or anything like that no suffered. oh no like so,
1: so, this is yeah. their aside from the EPs this is their debut right
2: uh, uh, yeah, it's only the, their second full length. Yeah. Second
1: full, yeah, cause, length. okay. Yeah, because
0: it was four minute mile, right?
2: Is the first right. full
0: length.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, forget what I was gonna say then. Like it, it, in, it reminds me of a hit of you know how like in hip hop music on the first record you can hear that like the artist is hungry and they're just going for it. Like, yeah. Like to me, this record, they're just doing it. it and well, there's things where, that don't sound good, but they're still awesome songs.
0: But here's where I think that still happened. I'm pretty sure I've got this timeline correct. Is was. Was Dewey's even on 4-Minute Mile? I don't think he no, was. No, I don't think so. He's not. So that's basically a different band. And then uh, Matt goes and does some sort of side project thing or with James. And they end up liking playing with each other. And then James starts playing with Get Up Kids. So to me, you're a different band at that point. I think yep. James is obviously a big part of the... Um, melodic kind of stuff that's going yep. on in a lot of this stuff. I think he's clearly got some good pop sensibilities. When you listen to Reggie and the full effect, it's hard to not take that Reggie. note. And so, uh, you know, to me, they kind of start over as a band with those EPs probably. And you can kind of hear the start of this album on those two EPs that come before it because he's actually on them. And then, uh, and so uh, in that right, Chris, is that because James is on the red letter in Woodson EPs. I yeah. Think. Well, yeah. It's but, really,
2: yeah. Cause you've got like, um, Like that Mass Pike song. And yeah, it's very, a lot of keys, a lot of, and and, and you can just hear him, you know, kind of hear his influence too, I think on some of the songwriting and and backup vocals and stuff.
0: Yeah. So to me, they kind of figured out who they were on this album. And I think that, you know, um, doesn't always happen on someone's debut record, right? You know, so, well, cool. Let's go track by track. So obviously we start first with, uh, Holiday. Let me make sure I've got my little thing queued up. All right. Here's Holiday. Boom, Chris, uh, you were air drumming that entire time, so do you want to uh, take drums a first crack
2: at it? S- the drums are so cool in that song. And, you know, I would try so hard to play like him, and I didn't realize till I saw him on that Green Day tour how his style was kind of unique. He played kind of uh, right-handed and left-handed. Like, he would move around the drum set depending mm-hmm. on the parts. Um, and then, of course, like, I, I just... the, the the balls to come in from first song of your record with those two guitar scratches, the just guitar. Opening up. Oh God. It's just a like, great... it's just like, Hey, we're going to party, man. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. It's so good.
0: There was no other place in that song that I'm going to pick to like, you know, pick 30 seconds of a song than the intro of it. I yeah. mean, it's just, it's yeah. a great way to start a record. I mean, it's a million miles an hour that we start at. I mean, it's a great opening five seconds. Kyle.
1: Yep. My notes, guitar slides, thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Kick drum ew. <laughs> and for me, this song, I, I one thing I do remember is the low chorus at the end. Yeah. Like that. Oh yeah. For me, I was like, What? Because it's the, last,
0: yeah.
2: it's the bridge into that final chorus yes, is just, really,
1: really good. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh
2: it just takes you on a ride, man. Up and down. I love it.
1: And also the vocals like right right from the start it's like hey this is about character not like not perfection and i i love that and i'm not saying he sounds bad you know like i don't think it's like crazy pitchy or anything it's just no, no. the character in his voice is is awesome
0: yeah he's he he doesn't sound robotic he doesn't sound i mean we can you can produce vocals specifically to death and you can tell when someone's not in it anymore you know you can hear that like performance that you're just tired and you don't want to do it anymore right. you hear it on records all the time i feel like sometimes and this is not that i mean this sounds like he went in there and freaking uh lit it up i mean who came out swinging it was or whatever yeah um i assume this whole thing's to tape and if you don't have much money i'm guessing that you're not doing a lot of takes on it so um right. yeah fantastic opening track um you know which has been sort of a um I'd say a theme of all the records we've done so far is they at least have a fantastic opening track. Uh, you got to have a good opening track, guys. Let's not put, put the
1: sucky song first. That's what that's what everyone was thinking. That's the theme. Yeah, I mean,
2: well, because you you're you're gonna go to Blockbuster Music and pop that baby in and decide you're spending the fifteen true. bucks.
0: That's true. That is how we were previewing records at this point. Is like doing the preview CD kind of thing, popping it in with headphones at the music store, and yeah, if it doesn't, if the if, first. 20 seconds of the first three tracks don't grab you you're not buying the record that's for exa- sure
1: if you're saving the good stuff for song five sorry that's
0: dude bad, <laughs> that's a bad strategy yeah. for an album it's like no we're gonna make the hit on track five uh anything else about holiday it rocks it does rock all right let's go to action and action And I really love that outro, intro, whatever you want to call it, with the synth on the right side and that. It's a great rhythm. It's just, it's a really good, uh, it's just, once again, I think James is a key man. He's making it sound great. I
2: mean, that's the instrumental hook at the at, you know, for the beginning of the song is that, 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 uh, key part.
0: Uh, I, I, I'm not a famous like pay attention to lyrics guy. Like I'm more of a melody and kind of the feel of the song and stuff like that. But I do love the lines in this song that if the world is ending, then we toast to it. And the whole I'm down for whatever. Um, That's my mantra for when someone wants to pick me to pick a restaurant. I'm just like, whatever, like it's fine. Uh, So I do really like, I, I mean, you know, it's not that I didn't pay attention to lyrics. I just didn't care if they were like, they didn't have to be death cab for cutie level, like, you know, poetic for me to like something then. But I do think that they've got some really good, good lyrics on this album, including those ones.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. uh, The, this song was the single, right? I think there was even a music video that they did like a cutesy little music video that I saw in 120 minutes.
0: I think it's the best chorus on the record. So that doesn't surprise me that it would be the single, because it's a great chorus.
1: So I had a single note, guys, for this one, and you're going to have to forgive me, because with quarantine, I have more time on my hands. Right. This is my note for action and action. James Dewey's question mark? More like James me. am I right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> quarantine is making us all crazy. This sh- it should be uh it should be noted that we are recording this all separately because we're in quarantine for coronavirus and uh so yeah, we're all going a little nuts talking about emo albums to
2: try to uh keep our sanity. Yeah, I'm, yeah, if you hear if you hear the optimism in our voice in the last episodes because we had no idea this was coming. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Yeah, so,
0: just so everyone knows, the the space between episode three and episode four is like the world ended, everything yep. was in quarantine, <laughs> all businesses shut down, movie theaters are closed, we're all stuck in the house with the kids and everything and working at home. And uh so that's literally episode three to episode four. We had no idea what was gonna happen. And and here we are. So what what can you do? <laughs>
2: Well, so, apparently if you're Kyle you can take copious notes about each and every that's, song. On the that, that's what it's, it's, so
1: I'm going to have a note for every song and and and, I, and I'll try not to share them all but I mean No, please do. He, I, I like I He introduced himself. He was like, "Yo, I'm I'm here on that track," you know, like he 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 came out hard.
0: Yeah, but once again, I like the prominent synth stuff. It's Totally. Cool. Like yeah, it
2: it, it works and now it's just on
0: everything I mean like you know there's not a song that gets released that doesn't have a synth on it now I feel like but uh, in 1999 that just was not the case Uh, you guys want to go on to Valentine Mm -hmm. let's do it it's a sweet song here we
3: go wish I could
0: You guys know I like a good ballad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, this is speaking my language for sure. Uh, I love this song. It's really very uh, tender and sweet and beautiful. And the roads. Again, James, not a synth, but I didn't hear a lot of roads on albums in 1999 either. And it sounds great.
2: Yeah, Ryan's got um, this amazing ability to fill in a ballad with like a pretty busy drum part, and it, 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 we were just talking about how they self-produced and, um, I believe Kyle made some references to the, to the kick drum noise that they chose (laughs) the uh, pedal on cardboard effect. I believe you called it, but Mm. here uh, that that's not, uh, well, Blake, actually, you know, you tell me this is not easy to do, to have the song to have that mood to carry, uh, kind of softly like this, but also have what's a pretty busy drum part. Right. I mean, um, Cause they're, they're, they're both like channeling some Weezer vibes and also, uh, you know, it's kind of busy. Yeah. And I don't, I, you know, I, I
0: don't think it's all just a lack of money here or something or budget that went into, you know, his drum sounds are not huge on a lot of the records. Right, It's not really just this one. And so they tend to have a little more flat on the toms kind of thing. They're a little more muffled and stuff like that. I think it's just more of a style and not on, on the kick for sure. It's not, <laughs> uh, quite up to par maybe on this album as on some of the other ones but you know it's not like on any of the records there's some like really ringy tom kind of stuff so he's he's got kind of a muty kind of thing going on on the stuff but yeah it's a uh it's not easy <laughs> to uh but there's a ton of space for the drums because everything else is so sparse i mean yeah, you know yeah. the uh we've got just a little you know key thing going on in the background and we've got the guitars are pretty light and chill and clean and stuff. So there's a little more room for them to breathe for sure. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great sounding song. And, uh, you know, like I said, I love a good ballad.
2: Kyle, what are your notes? Yeah. You got any notes on this this one Kyle?
1: Uh, mixtape gold because
3: <laughs> oh, oh yeah absolutely that is so like true. what
1: what would what was a mixtape without a song like this you know what i mean that is hey, the truest thing ever hey girl i made this these it's whatever these are songs that make me think of you just listen to it Oh, no, this guys,
2: song, that song makes me think of my high school girlfriend. I mean, I'm, I'm totally. like thinking about her right now. I definitely put it. Yeah, my wife's asleep. I hope she's not listening. It's not, you know, this the podcast.
0: They do not care. Uh, That's true. Did, did any of you ever make a mixtape for someone? Like, but like try to play it off as like, this is just a mixtape, but you're kind of hoping they like read into the oh, underlying. the
1: subtext.
3: Yeah, the subtext. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is the least smooth move ever. Yeah. Although it's probably more this smooth not than be the, any song of the teenagers that. are doing right now. Oh yeah, on the TikTok and whatnot. But uh, you know, uh, definitely guilty of having done that.
1: Super fast pop punk songs, and then Valentine.
0: Oh yeah. hey. <laughs> No, just, I mean, I would even just load the whole mixtape up with songs with like these, Valentine. Yeah. <laughs> Dang! Like, oh no, they're just songs I like. It's not. Uh, there's no key here to this.
2: I'm just super into you. I mean, uh, ballads. I'm super into ballads.
0: <laughs> super into ballads. Uh, that's pretty great. Um, well, uh, any other notes on Valentine? Any Any good ones, Kyle? You're like killing it with the notes. So,
1: I mean, it's it's super emo, right? Like we didn't like you said we didn't know what emo was at the time but like listening to it now this is like freaking it's uh i'm 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 losing my words it's it's uh quintessential
2: yes yeah i would i i I talked a few times about how like i was super into like really fast punk rock kyle i think you were the same way Mm -hmm. so for for me to like a song like this i was kind of it, you know it was a it was an odd moment for me i was like man i really like this but it's like super slow and sappy like what's happening to me um it's just really good i guess good music is just good music is right what what you learn but don't you think the key is that people it
0: wasn't like a whole album of valentine's Absolutely. It was right. like they kicked you in the pants with holiday you know and like and here's valentine it's not like the other thing that I think was interesting about it is that it wasn't one track on an album. I mean, like Aerosmith had one power ballad on an right. album yeah. on everything. And, you know, everyone had the token kind of ballad on stuff. But, you know, this album has several songs that are like yep. that. And so totally. um it wasn't like, oh, here's the token song. And uh it's more like, OK, we're here and we're also over here. And that's fine. Those can coexist yep. on the same album. Yep. All right, well, let's go on to uh, Red Letter Day.
2: what i wonder what this song's about It kind of buries the lead here i mean come on dude what like i i would i i, I would have always dreamed of being like on a label and leave, and leaving that label and like writing a song about how um how much i hated the people that were putting out that record but like the older me is like yeah the record company gets the last laugh they get to cash a check every time those words come out of a speaker so bittersweet but man yeah that sounds brutal he was really pissed <laughs>
0: uh is do you have any confirmation that that's what it's about i mean that's what i assume too but i, I mean, mean i didn't it, know if you'd write anything it seems like I, it to me too I,
2: I, there's a consensus <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: i do feel like it's good songwriting material i feel like it happens all the time to people that they're like pissed at some yeah music business person and write a fantastic song about it and it happens more often than they're pissed at some chick honestly uh it feels like um i yeah similar notes but good song kyle what's your uh witty note do you have a good pun on this one or no anything? Uh, no Uh-oh. pun
1: but like it it i wrote that it this song even though i didn't know it it wet my appetite for reggie like to the the synth sounds on this song remind me more of reggie in the full effect. yeah the modulating yeah. kind yeah. of synth going on so. in the
0: background yeah um yeah good song um, I don't really have any other notes on it then. You want to go to, let's go to, uh, wait, what's the next one? Out of Reach?
3: Yeah. Let's do it. There's room to believe. Out of sight, out of mind.
0: So my production note is on this song. You, how did no one tell them? Hey, we should tune that acoustic guitar before we lay this down to tape. It is not in tune, uh, and drives me nuts. I mean, like it's so just by itself at the beginning of this song. And do
1: you do you love it or hate it though?
0: No, I can't. I just I can't do it. It's it's not like it's not like an endearing slight misstep it's like it's pretty out of tune and um i would have uh maybe spoken up about it <laughs> but never, you never know the story behind what was going on maybe they had one guitar that couldn't stay in tune i have no idea i mean but <laughs> it's definitely, definitely the other thing where i'm like man i i look back at you know things i've done and i can always hear the thing that i'm like oh, i really wish i would have gone back and done that again and this just has to be one of those things for them. Someone's got to be going, there's no way they don't hear it. They're really good musicians and artists.
1: Maybe they'll let their nephew play on it.
0: Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Maybe it's sentimental. (laughs) Yeah. Do you guys have any uh, good notes on this one?
1: I said, I I said, I love the dirty acoustic. I love that. It's not perfect and out of tune. And also as the song goes on, the bass tone gets dirty too.
0: Yeah, I and, don't mind the dirtiness. And me likey, the the dirtiness doesn't bother me. And even the like strings buzzing and stuff like that, yeah. like that part yeah. doesn't bother me on the acoustic. It's yep. just the tuning. That's it. Chris,
2: uh, I, I'm a sucker for some good background vocals. Uh, mm. They just wail on this track. Um, yeah, a, that's a, a beautiful part of what this band does on this record. Is uh, like what you guys are talking about, kind of lends itself to what I'm talking about, which is that, you know, the song's kind of stripped down. So, um, it was really stripped you know, down. Yeah. Right. So a lot of punk bands, you know, when you've got, uh, if you think of a song like feeling this by blink One Eight Two, a two, you know, great background vocals on that, but it's compressed and you know layers on layers and layers. Uh, it's easy to do on a faster, slow, brighter song. Too. Right. By right. Way, so it's really slow. Has, right. So these guys sing very well and it, it makes the song for me.
0: Yeah, and I like, I mean, it is a It is a good use of, like, it's an upright piano. I mean, you can hear that. Th- I mean, it's, um, again, James, man, he's just all over this thing with different instruments. And and it really brings a different, I don't know how you can do this song without the piano, if that makes any sense. I just oh,
2: don't yeah. know if it works at all. Yeah.
3: Um, yeah, I
2: wonder, I, I wish I knew, I wonder if this was a song that, like, he, like, a part that he wrote, and they built off that. Yeah, I'd be curious. I'd always
0: like to know the background on something. Like, well, and going back to Red Letter Day, I should have said this before, but same thing on that song. The drums could be super simple, like they could be a straight four, you know, four on the floor kind of thing, or something, or you know, but but he does some pretty cool stuff that I don't know. I just feel like it makes. That's what to me set them apart was that someone else would have just gone right or whatever on it. And uh, so same thing here, the piano and kind of and really slow. Like I said, everyone else's acoustic ballad or whatever is still at like 135 BPM or something like that. This thing is uh, real slow. So, yeah, cool. So let's go to uh, 10 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like you should go first on this one, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. Well, obvious to us, at least.
2: Solid tune. Our, our band was originally called 10 Minutes Too Far.
0: Oh, we, yeah, we cut 10 the, Minutes?
2: Yeah, we cut the front off so that it would seem less obvious.
0: Uh, it's funny how long we were in a band called Minutes Too Far, and no one knew that it was after this song, because
2: <laughs> we never told I, people... Well, you know, I thought... <laughs> I was just trying to find a, a band name. We were at Charleston's eating dinner when we came up with this band name. And I was like, you know, writing it down on a notepad. And I was like, dude, the website's going to be taken. Because that's what it was all about. is was trying to find a a domain name, you know? <laughs> Which, how do
0: people sh- write, do bands now? I mean, you couldn't possibly get any domain now. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Those were better days. that. it was a little easier.
2: Yeah, and I, I gosh, you guys have such great ears. I, I don't know if I just listen to music differently or if I'm just a moron. But, like, I didn't know for years that Jim was was singing you know, oh yeah uh because it, it just seems like whenever uh two guys sing together in a band like they sort of start to sound like each other um but uh yeah i i, I thought that was cool too because this is pro- probably this is definitely the banger on the record you know it's it's a, I think it's the one that they would close the shows out with and, and still well, do maybe
0: i would hope so i mean yeah yeah
2: yeah it's... What
1: what were you eating at charleston's when you were discussing this Kyle what was your Charleston's for forever?
2: <laughs> I think that I'm wrong. Hold on, it wasn't Charleston's. Oh gosh, what was that place?
1: I was gonna tell you they had nothing vegetarian there at that time, and so I was right. No, no, I was gonna pee no. in your punch.
2: No, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, it, it was like Charleston's, but it was a place called I think the Varsity. Oh yeah, oh the yeah, 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 yeah. You remember they had, yeah. Remember they yep. had bingo night? Yep. Yeah. And, like, we were so broke that, like, if you won bingo, like, like maybe you could buy pizza that weekend. And so, yeah. I'm sorry. I was, like, thinking of the motif. It had similar lighting because you got uh-huh. – Charleston's yeah. had that, like, low, low light. light. Yeah. I was talking so, yeah, about Varsity it, the other day because I was, it was at that
0: Torchy's Taco that was right next to where the Varsity was. It's now just an empty lot or whatever, and I was reminiscing about the Varsity.
1: You're like, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. It was like Charleston's uh, – I believe it's called Apple Bay's. <laughs> Apple
2: Bay's. <laughs> Well, and I was a vegetarian. Yeah, I hadn't quit the first rendition of Minutes Too Far and gone to Colorado where I learned about being vegan. Yeah.
1: you were a vegetarian at that time, though, right?
2: No, no, not till are not Quiet. Not oh, okay, moved to Denver. Okay, yeah, because everybody in my band was a vegetarian, so like I'd be eating a burger and they'd just be looking at me, and that just eventually like the judgment starts to eat, a, yep. eat, eat away at you.
0: Dude, I would have done it proudly.
2: Well, <laughs> the, the reverse happened when I came back to Oklahoma and everybody's eating burgers while I'm like, munching why aren't my salad. you
1: eating meat?
2: Don't you know cows are <laughs> they're
1: born, born to f- die.
2: That's right. <laughs> uh, this is such a good
0: windows down song, by the way. I mean, oh, yeah. on the list of windows down songs, this is uh one of them, uh, or top off the Jeep in my current state, I guess. Um, same thing. Yeah, it's a great song. And, um, I love their two vocals together on it. I love the call and answer kind of thing Yeah, with Matt singing the, the, the answer part. And, uh, Again, a successful two-singer band, which does not happen very often. But I think it's because, for the most part, James is not doing half the songs or something like that. He's doing two-a-record or something like that. Um, But he's good, man. And this definitely feels very Reggie-like. Yep. As far as, like, it's the most Reggie-in-full-effect kind of sounding
1: um, I love how songs. Groovy, so I assume he wrote it. I love how groovy, like, the first part of the chorus is. Like it just has this nice groove and then it's just freaking punk rock. It's awesome.
0: It's a good song. Uh, any other <laughs> notes on 10 minutes? I mean, Nay. it's, uh, it's just really good. I don't know that there's a lot that I can discuss about it other than I just really like it. And it was one of the things that definitely turned me on to the band for sure.
2: Yep. Well, let's go to tune. company.
0: Solid tune. Chris. Solid gets tune. The Solid tune award. We should get a badge that we put on <laughs> something. <laughs> Or a playlist on (laughs) Spotify or something. All right, let's go to the company dime. Kyle, why don't you go first on this one?
1: This is, okay, this is one of the notes that I foreshadowed earlier. Like, surely Reliant K is referencing this song, right? On their, I mean,
0: like. 110%. How could yes. they,
1: I mean, like, melodically, it is the same on the first half. Like, it, it's got to be, right? So is that consensus?
2: Oh, I mean, I, I d- I, I, I... I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: No way.
2: Yeah, I told you, I don't hear these things like you guys hear them. What are you talking about? I hear the chorus more than the verses. That it... Yeah, what, that's what, what I mean,
1: the chorus, yeah. yeah
2: what Reliant okay. Case song?
1: I'm still just... waiting for, or are you to be the one I'm waiting for, maybe?
2: Holy crap!
1: <laughs> it's the same.
2: Oh my god. <laughs>
0: it's pretty similar. And in general... It's the...
2: Oh, wow, okay, yeah. In general, okay, there's a lot hear... about this
0: song that just wow. flows into Reliant <laughs> Case sound in general.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Uh, this song specifically more than more than others. Uh, the company dime, by the way, is my favorite time to poop. Just so you guys know,
1: I call that chocolate. milk. Oh the clock. my God. <laughs> oh man. You
0: guys
2: are just like, I was like, wait, I was like, are you going right now? I'm like, so <laughs> no, 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 no. sorry. i just blew my mind. Like with it, with the Reliant K thing. I mean that, and that Reliant K record is one Such of my a favorite records record. of all time. And I, I See, I don't hear. I just never hear the things like you hear them. But I it, probably deep down I knew it. It's so why I liked all of it, right?
1: Chris, you know, like we've had talks about how you and I would like when we were in dueling bands, but randomly we would be in a corner talking about a record that we loved. Like I have yeah. these specific memories. I remember you coming around to Reliant K because of mm-hmm, Because of that record, oh, right? Yeah. No, I remember You uh, weren't on Kyle's, board before that.
0: I wasn't, I remember I wasn't. Kyle Sheeline, our friend, we were out in California in LA and he was like, You have to listen to this new Reliant K record and me and Chris were
2: like, I don't know. Yeah, and
0: that's when get Kyle we were like, got us. Dumb. And I think he had I think it was before it came out and he had like, you know, some Yeah, his dad worked at, or
2: something. His dad no, his dad worked at Mardell's and he would get uh, advanced yeah. copies. And so,
0: and you're right. We were like in the, I remember exactly where we were and in LA, uh, in front of that girl's apartment, we stayed at, uh, slept on their floor. And like, I remember hearing it and being like, oh my gosh, you're right. This is amazing. Yep. Uh, so that's another one we'll do. I'm sure at some point, uh, I I feel like this song too, Chris is clearly about getting burned by the record industry. I mean, it seems like the verses especially, I mean, that's what I get out of it. At least I don't know if that's just me.
2: Yeah, they were pissed at Doghouse. That's
0: uh, and it I know they don't. Obvious. I read an article with I think the guitarist uh kind of ashamed for being the emo godfathers of so many bands that came after them, and I was kind of like, right. I'm sure there's some bad bands that obviously were influenced by you. That's just the nature of being influential <laughs> is that you're gonna have some good bands and some bad bands, but. Uh, so I don't know that they love the emo label, but this is an emo song also if there's a if there's a definition they call an answer and the, I'm still waiting for you to get over this and i mean to me it just is again Kyle's word quintessential uh as far as building a genre after it
2: um other yeah the 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 replace retrack is almost is that like yeah. almost on the kind of on the nose. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds a little like a legal <laughs> contract, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like it happens all the time. It happened
0: like I guess that first Maroon Five single single, Sarah Borella's. I mean there's like, you know, Chris, you had a song one time where you, you were pissed at some label and it was kind of uh people of ours that. liked. And yeah, so he, you he know. was like,
2: You should get mad more often. And and then he like didn't want to sign us, so I wrote a really mad song and it was like his favorite. And I was like, ah oh, it's probably you being a dick. That's oh, ironic. Anyway. <laughs> it's called irony.
0: <clears throat> uh cool. Let's go on to my apology.
1: Kyle, thoughts? So I'm scared because I think you dudes, I think you dudes are bigger Get Up Kids fans than me. So I'm scared to say that this is my least favorite track on the record.
0: It's my least favorite track, too.
2: Completely are we- agree. <laughs> yes. We have a quorum. So, it's, it's
1: got a good baseline. It's got a great ending. But other than that, it's meh. it's like the only meh song for me on the it record it really
0: is the only meh song yeah. on this record i feel like and it's like it's too repetitive they try to do too m- for a band that's really good about being sparse and not overcrowding their songs this song's overcrowded it's got too many background vocals it's got too much busy stuff going on i'm with you i just i don't like it very much but it's not like it's a bad song but it really it's it's it, fine it's it's fine but i could i could take it or leave it off the record
2: it, I could never put my finger on it, but the way it starts out, it feels like it's, I it, I don't know if it's like a minor chord or, or something about the way it starts out always bothered me. It just felt like it, like you're just like rushing into it. I, I don't know.
0: Well, and here's how I knew, here's another, like to confirm that I know I don't love the song is it was hard for me to find a 30 second clip to like... <laughs> you know so I when was like you, oh this is the one i should this is the 30 seconds that defines this song and i was just like well i guess i'll pick the last 30 seconds
1: when i, I know, when so. you played that i was like this is kind of unfair because that that clip is the coolest part of the song
0: right exactly. but that's why i picked it Yeah. cuz yeah. that's that's the best part of the song and it's still it's okay but like i th- even think it's a little too busy but the other parts are yeah yeah, I just that's funny I you said that,
2: it. Kyle. Because I was like, I was like, man, I was like looking at my notes, like, what mean thing am I going to say about this song that I despise? <laughs> and then he played that clip, and I was like, oh, it's not that bad.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, this doesn't suck as hard as I remembered it sucking.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think. Wait, I think. That's,
0: way to go, Fish. So far, I think that's the first time on this podcast we all absolutely. That's why I was the scared. <laughs> song on the record. Okay, so I was. I enough. was nervous. No, you can always share your opinion here, Kyle. We may mock you incessantly for it, but you can always share it. All right, well, let's just go on to I'm a loner, Dottie, a rebel. Um honestly I'm a little bit in the same boat with this song. I like it better than the last one. I do love the title. It's such a cool title. It kind of I feel like it kind of started the fallout boy thing honestly a little oh, yeah. bit with the uh the the title that has nothing to do with the lyrics of the song um or has some sort of extra meaning to the lyrics of the song but yeah I mean in general I don't Love it, and also by the way, if this is not a song about having a one night stand while on the road, I will eat my hat that I'm not (laughs) wearing currently. But I will eat it. I'll eat Kyle's hat.
1: I will let you eat my hat if that's not what it is about.
0: I don't know (laughs) how we're gonna figure it out, but that's definitely what this song is about. So
2: Matthew Pryor, if you could call in,
0: yeah, yeah, just let us try to get a
2: hold of him. We'll tweet him.
1: So my question, first of all, I have a question for you guys. I totally agree with the Fallout Boy line. Like this, this, I think we could blame them. For for the Fallout <laughs> Boy titles, but my although my secretly is,
0: I kind of love the Fallout Boy titles. To be fair, I make fun of I, it, but I I don't love, love it. having
1: to remember them.
0: No, no, I yeah. can't remember them at all. But when I'm reading them, I'm like, that's pretty funny.
1: So, but here's my question: is this is this is not grammatically correct? Look at it. I'm a loner, dotty, a rebel. Like, I is it? That-
3: it's from it's a, from, a, a uh, it's, from Pee- it's
1: from Peewee's Big Adventure, but is it <laughs> n- would would that not be I'm a loner, comma, dotty. Period, a yes, rebel. No, it could, or even comma, a rebel.
2: Yeah, I think you're it, right, but they were trying to like emulate the way he says it in the movie, right?
1: Yeah,
0: because he just like, blows just, right through. He doesn't pause before the dotty. But you're right, grammatically, it should have a comma before dotty, and it could either have a
1: period or a comma.
0: Period or a comma, probably not a period because a rebel's not a sentence.
1: Yeah, you're right. Um, so you're right. probably
0: either need to be ellipsis or comma. Now we've yeah. gotten into the grammar part of this podcast.
1: <laughs> well, I, just, I was like uh, anyway. So That's fair. So I think it has a cool intro and then the robot synth I I love. But Yeah, I'm into the synth for sure. I was going to I was going to ask you guys like I think Matt and what's really weird is I just while we were listening to it looked up the date and I didn't realize it was the same I think Matt sounds so much like Will Salazar from Phoenix T X on this song. It's crazy. And that record came out the the same year.
0: Okay. Uh, that's true. That's interesting. Um <clears throat> I've never thought about that before. But I think specifically
1: you're right. this song. I'm like, he sounds so much like Will. Like it's crazy. Now I'm gonna have to go listen to that. Yeah. Let me, are, you uh, gonna, are you gonna do it now? <laughs> no, I'm not.
3: Uh, <laughs> I'm making, gonna write it down as a note for the to future? put
0: in the in the in the um in the show notes, but I can't. It won't let me spell Phoenix <laughs> because it's not the right way to spell, spell Phoenix. Spell it right. Yeah, my stupid iPad's like, oh, that's not how you spell Phoenix. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and I'm, I'm going to listen to that though after, and I'm going to see. And, and for you listeners, you can listen. There will be a link in the show notes. Think about to go Phoenix, listen to that TX. Phoenix TX uh, uh, album or song. If if Kyle gives me a specific song,
1: are, well, are you guys were you Phoenix TX fans? Yeah. Were you? Well, I had Phoenix? that
0: one record. I had that record. Yeah, I think that was came out that year.
1: Were you Denver Harbor rec- or fans?
2: Yes. I,
0: oh, I was yes. not. I don't think I, I know them.
1: Oh, dude.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm the not cool. It's Fe- Phoenix. It's
1: it's Phoenix TX at their best.
2: Yeah. No, it's too bad that they didn't get uh didn't get that thing on Rocket Skates because yeah I thought those tunes were excellent.
0: Hmm. All right, let's go to uh, "Long night.
2: Wait, 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 Whoa. wait! Oh, sorry, wait, we're wait. waiting. I I'm love sorry, this song. I love this. Oh, song. Oh, we didn't. Oh, sorry, Way Way to go. Go to you, Chris. no, it's Chris. all right. I I love this song because of the guitar part after the first chorus. Mm. I could listen to that little noodle thing all day. I I just love, I love this song. Okay. I always have. That's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad maybe, you do. Uh, yeah, maybe it was the title that did it for me. You know, I just want you guys great to know. Title. It's uh, a great title. I just wanted everybody to hit the break so I could tell you about that guitar part that I loved. All right, proceed. That's fine. That's that's what we're (laughs) doing on this podcast. Anyway, okay. uh, Long good night.
0: Chris, let's go to you first since I forgot to mention you on the
2: last song. Oh, that's fine. I, uh, I, I, I kind of dig this song, whatever. But it's it like I, I'm going back to my CD days, and like the next song, which well, obviously we're gonna talk about next, like is the the one that kind of brings it all home for me. So um i'm i was always kind of ready for this song to just get on with it you know i just remember i i can i i can picture myself right now in my 86 maxima just like with my hand just like hovering over the next track button and then deep down be like no no this is the whole thing this is the whole thing because i'm i was just ready i'm ready for the bells to get out of the way at this point and, and go to our last banger to well, be I'd fair say, that it's more of a story I, about the track listing than the song itself
0: but that's i mean isn't that kind of the nature of being like uh, 16 or 17 years old and you're not going to listen to the ballad in the car. That's for the stereo in right. room or headphones or something like that. You want to like rock out when you got the windows down in the 86 maxima, you got to pick up chicks.
2: But it, 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 <laughs> at even at that age, you you know, I felt like it, I always felt like it was disrespectful to the artist to skip a track. I just, That's, it's yeah, always been something that, that, that I, I felt very strongly about. Um, you know what's really funny?
0: There are several albums where the track I skipped later became a favorite song of mine, and it was like something about the energy of it I didn't like or something. Uh, right. and I was so wrong on some some of the tracks that I was skipping when I was a kid for whatever reason. Either had a slow intro or something. Sometimes they would just lose me in the first thirty seconds, and I, right. you know. Anyway, it's kind of unfair, but I, I totally I get your opinion. This is more of a headphone. It's a very pretty song. I love. This is kind of one of the first. I feel like Get Up Kids were one of the first um, bands that I listened to that I felt like had the, you know, kind of arpeggiated guitar thing that had like all three parts were um, not synchronized. That's not, but they were like layered on top of each other. So it's like one guitar is doing some sort of arpeggiating thing. Another guitar is doing a different arpeggiating thing, maybe up higher. And then the keys are doing a different rhythm. And they all work together to kind of become one instrument that you can't really you can't quite figure out what uh each individual part is playing cuz they just work together really well. I feel like everyone that I listened to before this was like um you had a rhythm guitarist and maybe a lead guitarist or something and you know the, the rhythm guys chunking out chords the whole time and I just feel like there are songs like that on this record for sure. But this and um you know Valentine and uh I'll catch you. I mean, there's like a bunch of songs that have that kind of thing, which is very like American football too, is the Mm -hmm, other band mm -hmm. that did this in the same year. Um, They do that maybe better than anyone. And, you know, it just is really interesting. I love it because normally it's like none of the parts are that complicated, but together they're really, really cool. So that's what I love the most about this song. It's just all the uh, pretty parts going with each other. Very well planned out. Kyle, what about you? Long good night
1: uh i like it i my note is also on my mixtape
0: yes right of course absolutely it's a good one it's not as obvious as valentine a little more subtle right but still uh, and i love
1: i love the 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 btvs the good night i i love that part but Mm -hmm. yeah
0: it's great Uh, let's go on to close to home I really love that post-chorus, like, clean guitar and bass line thing. It's really cool. Because it goes out of just kind of banging, like you said, Chris, into this really sweet, clean part. And the bass line's great on that part. I think uh, They've got a really good bass player that, you know, really good bass players are um, something that, like, I feel like no one appreciates. (laughs) I feel like really good drummers people appreciate. And even the best bass players, I feel like, go unnoticed most of the time. And I feel like he's one of them. Uh, but I love his bass lines. Uh, yep. I think they're really good. And well, this is a good you,
2: example when you've got the brothers doing the whole rhythm section. Uh, Br- were, the,
0: pro- were the were uh, the were the brothers in Stone Temple Pilots the rhythm section too? Were they the no, drummer guitar, and the bass player? Was a guitar, guitar player playing? and bass player? Yeah. Okay. I feel like uh, when siblings are in bands, it can go either really well or like Oasis off the rails uh, because they fight all the time. But there's – know, you you're going to kind of get one of those ways. It's either siblings are like, no, we're in this together
2: because we're – You know, you can't have one be the lead singer. That's the problem. Then you got the ego thing happening. I think
0: you're right. That is the key is not having one that's the lead.
2: Keep them in the back.
0: Or you do the like Heim – handsome thing where it's like everyone's kind of singing all the time and so maybe there's not as many egos or something um maybe that's the key i never thought about that chris with the keys to success if you happen to be related to someone in your (laughs) band don't be the lead singer
2: (laughs) i've got twin boys so don't think this is something i just occurred to me i've been planning their future ever since i found out i was having twin boys like, I'm um, like, which one of you guys is going to be the bass player? Which one's the drummer? <clears> I think rhythm section's the
0: right way to go, man. They could really lock in because so they've it. got the twin thing going too. So they will be like brainwaves for sure. Well,
2: I, I asked uh, Katie the other day, like, I was like, do you think they'd let me be their tour bus driver? Um, you know, how do you, how do you think that conversation would start? You know, like hopefully, you know, she said, hopefully you have enough money just buy the bus outright so they can't turn you down. But there other than go. that, she she doesn't think I've got a shot.
0: Yeah, I right. feel like this it can quickly turn into like a Jessica Simpson and her dad kind of situation. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to. I, I don't want to pimping be pimping out your children or your. No, creepy it's not and... pimping
2: them out. I just want to be on a tour bus. I, I just. I get I want. it. I feel you. This too. is this is my end of summer jam, man. This song is like, you know, that the it start it's that that end of summer like all the pools are closing down and it I I don't know this song always just makes me takes me right to that place Um, it does That's one of my one of of my favorite one of my favorite songs of all time I think it's it's just a very special piece of music that is kind of what it
0: feels like that's a great uh, way to sum up what that song feels like Kyle do you have notes or opinions about this song
2: or opinions about me being the tour bus driver yeah I
1: I like I I like you being the tour bus driver (laughs) Um, my, my notes are bass lines with a Z and snare and snare drums with a Z. And also I, I'm kind of pissed at myself on the song before long. Good night. I didn't mention the fade in.
0: Oh, feel free. Uh. Oh, it is a great fading. Not (laughs) very often. Do people do the fade in right Fade out. Obviously like we don't know how to end this song. (laughs) <laughs> the in, it is. yeah the fade in's we, great we though.
1: don't we should, how do we start this just yeah. keep playing just keep playing <laughs> but it's true how that in. else
0: how else would you have started that song
1: yeah i can't totally. think
0: of where you would start it because yeah and it's a long fade in too totally it's like 40 seconds or something uh yeah i didn't write that down but yeah i thought the same thing when you uh you
1: sorry to, dudes i sh- i was looking at my notes and i realized i didn't read fade in
0: that's okay. We can always, you know, this thing is uh, is fluid. We can move it around. I hope we don't lose
2: any yeah, listeners. Yeah. so we back a track. If you cl- if you hear some awkward edits right now, that's yeah. because we're we're like like shopping, randomly Kyle, Kyle, this fade, up. F- so, fade, fade, fade in fade in cl-
1: close <laughs> close to home. Bass lines with a Z, snare drums with a Z. Those are my notes.
0: I like both of them. I agree. Yeah. It's a uh, it's good. Um. All right, let's go to the uh, the last tra- the last track on the album. I will catch you. All right, sorry, just I'll catch you, not I will catch you. Grammar again. Uh,
1: Conjunctions. Yeah. <laughs> Am I ever- let's go to you first. I mean, it's a mixtape jam.
0: Yeah, until that last Tom hit at the end. Yeah. Like, for whatever Boom. reason, again, who let them do that? Like, yep. They it's did. A be- they <laughs> No. Yeah. It's a beautiful song, and it's like, it's Boom. such a great ending the album, and all of a sudden someone's like, Which, you know, was like <laughs> not on, it wasn't like, oh, that was planned. It was like he just did it. In the ring out of the cymbals or whatever. Uh, That drives me crazy, that last Tom hit, because it kind of ruins the end of the record for me. But other than that, I love this song. It's a great mixtape jam. I love that chorus, how the keys are going up and the guitar lines going down. It's really great. It's Again, I think they're really good musicians and sort of ahead of their time um, for everyone copying what they do including the direct line from this song to the entire Copeland beneath the medicine tree album. Right. I mean, this, this oh, song yeah. sounds just like the yep. influence for kind of that whole, yeah, they brought some vibes, which I love that album. It's fantastic. And, uh, and I'm glad that bands were influenced by this band because, uh, they made some really good records. I'm sure there are some bad ones too, that were influenced by this band, but I can definitely hear that direct line to Reliant K that we talked about and Copeland mm-hmm. and Motion City soundtrack, especially with the synth and stuff. Obviously Motion City is a little more quirky and, and stuff, but you know, I can just hear a lot of uh, these specific songs that clearly uh, was, I I'm guessing this song was probably Aaron Marsh's favorite song on this album. Just a guess. I don't know.
2: Just a, yeah. I, I think this song we, earlier we were talking about, you know, these guys talking to a major label I mean, I think in another world, this song could be like on a, a romantic comedy soundtrack and and be a hit song. And I mean, these songs are great pop songs, really, yeah. really, really, really good songs. I just don't think they wanted that. I think they wanted to just do their own thing. And that Tom hit at the end. Maybe that's like the final, the final uh, um, statement. Is like, yeah, you, you know, you're gonna have to. I don't know.
0: Maybe you're right. I don't know. I don't I mean, know that.
2: It, I don't like
0: think th- yeah, it, like I said, just drove me crazy, but because I would have made someone hit that lasting symbol ring out again, but um, you know, maybe you're right. maybe it was a giant middle finger to me in my feelings about how the record should end. Um, so uh, lasting impressions do we think this album holds up compared to maybe what you thought in nineteen ninety nine versus now?, um, what do y'all think? Yes. For a me. Resounding yes from Kyle. Holds up. I think it holds up too. I think that some of the, you know, like I said, the production things bother me more now than they did probably when I was sixteen, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they, so I think that stuff probably is more of a reason that I wouldn't do. And there's still maybe. There's a you know a few songs we talked about the two the two that I like the least kind of on the record but there's there's a handful there's probably three or four that are kind of like that for me that I could take or leave on the album um, and so I don't think it's perfect by any means or something like that but it's a great album and they were hugely influential on a, a lot of stuff that came oh, yeah. after it and so uh, yeah I really I really still like it. Um, which kind of brings me to do you all think it's their best album?
2: Definitely.
1: Yes.
0: Okay, I'm going to be the guy that says no. What's, it's not what's their the best? best? Album. I think Guilt shows their best album.
2: So it's interesting you say that because I <laughs> – Ghetto Kids for me followed uh, what seemed to be – a little bit of a dirty habit for vagrant bands where, you know, they had this great record and the follow up was just something I'm not a fan of. Right. Uh, Yeah. Their follow-up to this is not great. The guilt show is a really good record, but I think it's a little too polished for them. And I like the way this one is, but I I see where you're coming from. But what I was, when I was reading up on this record, I guilt show, I guess when they made it, that was like their last hurrah as a band and they weren't talking and they weren't fond of each other at this point. Um, I they kind of wrote so. it
0: separately and recorded some of it separately. Yeah, and, and you can
2: and you can you can hear that. But the songs are great and the record's great. You're absolutely right.
0: It's weird. Like so for me, like this album's great. I feel like it's they're just figuring out kind of who they are as a band. And then I read I can't, I'm gonna have to find the link to this. Um, in an interview with them about how then they make what is the name on a wire yeah. after this. And no one really liked it. And they kind of didn't like it either because they figured out like playing those playing those songs on from on a wire live, like got no reaction out of the crowd because you couldn't kind of dance to them or jump around or anything like that. And so they kind of realized like, Oh no, we realize we can't really tour on these songs very well. I don't think it's that they like thought the record was bad. It was just like, this doesn't really work well for like the crowd that we were bringing before and stuff like that. And they want to kind of do that. So, um, the problem is, and so then they go back to kind of, that's why I think guilt shows a great record is because they kind of went back to the higher energy stuff. Yeah. And I think they were better songwriters at this point. Plus one of the guys gets divorced. And so you've got all the songwriting material that you kind of want out of it.
2: That's all. That's it, always gold. That's always And I gold. love,
0: I mean, Ed Rose's production is just great. And it's not, to me, it's not overproduced. And we we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll do guilt show on this, on this podcast, but To me, it's not overproduced, but it's, like, the right amount of production. And I just, like, all the guitars sound great. It doesn't sound like they, like, Matt's vocals sound better than ever, I think. I mean, like, I really think that's where he got into a real groove of being a singer, is kind of really in the On A Wire, New Amsterdam's, Guilt Show, kind of, like, that weird um, time period. Because did they do New Amsterdam's right after Guilt Show? Is that
2: when that project I, I happened i don't remember they both kind of were happening at the same they're time they kind of at that same time so anyway well, i felt were, like we were listening to new amsterdam's record when we made our record so the timing there would be would have been right
0: after it then yeah cuz yeah. i think guilt shows 2004 or 5 i have to look at that but anyway i so you know guilt shows probably my favorite because i don't think there's a bad 30 seconds on it but yeah. you know i'm in the minority here it's not a quorum it's fine we don't have to have the same opinions about our favorite uh, kids record
1: Sure. And we don't, and we don't. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, but I think we'd all agree that whether it's your favorite or not, it's their most important and influential oh, record. Yeah. But I you mean, didn't
2: ask if it was a favorite. You said best, right?
0: Right. No, I said. Oh, well, okay. Well, okay. I said is it their best, and then the follow up question is, is it their most influential? You know, kind of like oh, is okay. it the record that like? It's definitely the record that made them a band, and it's definitely the record that influenced more bands than *Guilt Show* or *On a Wire* did without well, and doubt.
2: this and it, and it made vagrant records which mm-hmm. made absolutely like saves the day and alcohol entry once again like this started everything for them i can't imagine asking my parents to mortgage their house to to make a record with a band called the get up kids Can you yeah. imagine that conversation Jeez. Yeah, does anyone know
0: the origin of the name on get up kids i have no idea Do i don't know? either i don't either
2: uh i
1: think i think it was kind of like a fallout boy thing where they were just they were they were uh they didn't have a name and every time they played they were a different name and then they just like that one stuck that one stuck yeah
0: that works whatever works it doesn't really matter what your band name is
2: for the most part right yep uh we could have that conversation another time there are different schools of thought on that
0: okay we might just <laughs> we, we can do wait <laughs> no <laughs> I always want to know, like, how long is this podcast go? Can we talk about this right now? Let's see. Uh, we're, at, uh, we're at 116. Give me your theory.
2: What's your it's theory? A chi- it's a chicken and egg thing, and I'll tell you why. Because the thing is, is that we only decide how we feel about a band name after we're influenced by the music that band made. So we'll never know if the band name Green Day was a crappy band name because the first time we heard Basket Case – Then we heard it was by a band called Green Day. We always associate that band name with that excellent song, that vocalist, that feeling. So you can never, ever put yourself in the right place. And then as musicians, we have the less, even less fortunate feeling of was our band name part of the problem or had we been named something else, was that, you know, uh, it's, uh, yeah. So no, there's no... Definitive answer there, but but yes, it's. um But
0: I feel like that proves my point that it doesn't. Ma- if you've got good songs, it doesn't matter what your name is for the most part. I think I heard that who was that band? That, gosh, there's some band that was famous, and their original band name was like Blue Monkey Balls or something. Oh yeah, Story of the like, Year was it Story of the Year? Okay, Big Blue Monkey or Big Blue yeah. Monkey? Yeah, yeah. And the label is just like you no. can absolutely not be <laughs> Big Blue Monkey. <laughs> yeah, and like okay, I, I agree. Right call because I'd be like. I couldn't possibly say big blue monkey out loud and take that seriously. Uh, So I think there probably are some things like that where maybe something changed, but for the most part, you're right. Some band names are kind of like NBA team names. I'm like Washington wizards. Like, why do we even (laughs) think that sounds like a real thing? Right. Um, So I don't know. I, I get the, I get your point though, that it doesn't maybe that we get the positive, Connotation with just because we heard something first, like you didn't, but I do think a good band name can maybe pique someone's interest. I don't think it's ever made a band though.
2: No, no, you're absolutely right. That that that's part of it too. But a, what about just like? I, uh, go ahead.
1: I was just gonna say like I'm thinking of lots of bad bands that I didn't listen to because I knew they would suck because of their name. That's I didn't, fair. I yeah. didn't listen to Insane Clown Posse because I had a good idea what they would sound like. I didn't <laughs> listen to.
2: <laughs> but listen, don't listen, you listen, think? Hold on, you guys—you guys are on the fringes here, though. Okay, hold like, on. You're, don't you're you out think, on the edge. Of course, those are horrible band names. Yes, but don't you think for some the- people that's the reason they listen to Insane at- Clown Posse?
0: That that was like, I'm this- in
1: the Saint, the <laughs> i Sign me up.
0: Sign me <laughs> up for root beer being sprayed on me at a show. <laughs> I am down. I will wear makeup. Whatever you ask me to do.
1: But I would say that. For the like negative connotation, it was the it was a it's always a one two punch of artwork and a bad name. So like yeah. I knew <laughs> that I knew true. what Limp Biscuit would sound like before I ever heard Limp Biscuit. I knew I knew that Crazy Town was something I was not interested in because of like I the remember walking in yeah and I saw like Crazy Town uh, at, at one of the stations at Blockbuster Music. Um and I was like, no, I think I won't listen to that today because of the name <laughs> and because of the artwork.
0: I think Kyle's uh point reigns very true. It's 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 a combina- a deadly combination. You could forgive the bad name if it had a decent album cover. You might be like, Well, I'll check it out, or vice yeah. versa. You could forgive the bad album cover with a decent name, but you got two bad ones, two no strikes thanks. and you're out kind of thing Not- for Kyle. <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean,
2: I, I, always, I, I always felt like the, the key to a good band name was as few syllables as possible, and I'm not choking, as few syllables as possible, as few words as possible, and I always thought our band name had one too many words, minutes too far. We should have found something with two words or less syllables, because I think the key is to go as generic as possible. Like maybe it has a meaning or something, but it shouldn't speak too much. Like you should let sure. your music do the talking. Because all the best bands have names yeah. that just like are kind of meaningless. Aerosmith, The Rolling Stones. I mean, these are all just like right. They're just like that's just yeah. a adjective describing a noun. Like it's not yeah. really. So, sorry, I, I think about this all the time. Like My, it keeps me up at night. my <laughs> caveat to that, on my
0: band name rule is that after being in a band called Minutes Too Far and there's three different ways that you can spell two, is to right. make it be something you don't have to spell all the time. <laughs> that would be my other uh, general recommendation is to make it something so anyone listening, if you're thinking about starting a band, I would suggest making it something that you don't have to spell all the time.
2: Yeah, so like if you're gonna do a, an animal or an insect, like uh, like a beetle, like you just want to spell it the regular way,
0: right? Not the wrong way. <laughs>
2: uh, okay,
0: desert island songs. If you had to pick two or three of your favorites from this record that you would keep on your, um, we'll call it an iPod shuffle on your desert island, Chris.
2: Uh, definitely. I, I know you guys weren't into "I'm a Loner," Daria Rebel. That that tune's just always had a special place in my heart. So for me, it would definitely be. Um, be holiday, loner dotty, rebel, ten minutes. Do I get to pick four? Can I do four? You can do four, yeah. Three or four, four. That's fine. Yeah, you can and do four. And then close to close to home. Those okay. uh, those tracks are so great. Um yeah. Kyle, Man, what I'd about be fine you? on that. I'd be fine on that desert island with those two. Yeah, that'd be good.
1: Uh I also had four marked with the desert island emoji. And Chris. Yeah. One of them is I'm a Loner Dottie, a rebel. <gasps> Whoa. Also weird. close to home and holiday and action and action
2: I thought you were on board with the not digging that tune too much
1: No no I dug it Okay I was I into think... that I let I let Blake I let Blake disagree <laughs> with you and I I watched I sat on the sidelines
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: I think mine are um holiday for sure 10 minutes for sure Valentine and probably the Company Dime. I think Valentine. those were my... Ooh. If I've got to go to for four. I know we said two to three, but I think we all went four on this record. It's yes. just... It, uh, it's too good not to pick four.
1: And it's a great record because you said Valentine, and I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah You're man, right. I should put
0: that on my list. Yeah. yeah. That's, the, that's the other interesting thing is that I really think that you could... We didn't all have completely different songs. We had a couple overlaps there, but... Um, and then nobody's perfect. What's the worst song in the album? I think we obviously agree yeah. it's my apology. Yep. right? Okay. Yep. So we're all on board. That's the uh that is the uh imperfection if there apology is Apology
2: not accepted.
1: I feel, <laughs> I feel like because this is the first time we're all in separate places, so there was no way that any of us could read the room, because we are in consensus on getting rid of my apology, we get the rest <laughs> of the record on our desert island.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's, that's fair. Uh, you know, we should make desert island playlist and put them in the show notes so that if people want to listen to our desert island songs, they can, and they can then, I don't know, tell us which one is the better desert island playlist.
1: We should, we should also do a total mixtape. Like we should start picking out the mixtape jam.
0: Let's do that. Uh, we'll put those in the show notes too, then as we create them. um, Grower not a show or what is the song you didn't like at first but now love Chris you kind of mentioned yours maybe
2: yeah um what did I mention uh, what, what what how I did think, what did you think my answer to this would be because I didn't know I think you mentioned Long night.
0: because it was the one you kind of skipped because you were wanting to get to close to home yeah. but that maybe you like it more now but yes you didn't when you were in yeah. your 96, 86 Maxima
2: right. right so what I do like my custom for years now has been to just make a new playlist every season of the year. I make four a year and I slide in some old tits, some new songs. And I find that song ends up on at least once a year, it ends up in rotation on one of my little, little lists. Um, and it just happens organically. It's never like, I just think of it. It just, I'll, I'll hear it on a shuffle or something and um, I'll, I'll throw it in. It's uh it's a good tune. Solid, solid tune.
0: I think, I know this is going to be really weird to say, but I think it was the company dime a little bit because it doesn't same kind of thing. It doesn't start off the way I feel like it not should or something like that, but just when I'm younger, I maybe am more tempted to skip it. But I think that would be one of those cases where I was wrong. It was very wrong. Um, and I don't think it's like, I didn't like it or not. It's just like, I think I like it a lot more now than I did uh, in my teenage years.
3: Mm-hmm, Kyle, mm-hmm.
0: do you have a grower, not a shower?
1: No, actually, I actually have a note that says, "All all showers except my <laughs> apology."
0: Except for my <laughs> apology. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm I'm actually nervous if any of these people ever actually listen to this podcast uh, that we're crapping on only one song on their album, guys. It's not like we're being mean. I don't feel. And like. And I, it. I it wonder be- if
1: it's the one that they love too. You know what I mean? I
0: doubt oh, it is. I'm sure they know. I mean, they were like 18 years old when they were making this album or something. I mean, or in their early twenties or something, they're not.
2: Maybe they'll make perfect. a podcast about our album. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be bad.
0: Oh, not a lot of showers there. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> crap sandwich
2: <laughs> two, that's, a, that's word word what I was going to say I believe,
1: I believe your words last time were crap sandwich So,
0: oh
2: yeah that's
0: right <laughs> oh that's so good alright well I think that does it for us thank you for listening and again if you like what you hear please consider giving us a glowing 5 star review only glowing 5 star reviews on iTunes and of course you could subscribe as well so that you uh, can get notified when new episodes come out uh, you can also uh, give comments or disagreements or suggestions, or you can uh, crap on our opinions about my apology at info <laughs> at findingemopod.com or on Twitter at findingemopod. And we will catch you next time.
1: Bye.